Hi, and welcome to Lively Fresh Takes, the podcast dedicated to uncovering the latest in creative innovation in the marketing and advertising industries. I'm your host, Mike White, CEO of Lively Worldwide, a creative innovation agency. In this episode, we'll be talking to Claire Nance, Head of Global Communication, Industry Marketing, Activision Blizzard. Claire has a passion for gaming and has spent her career in media and advertising. We'll be discussing how gaming can be used to challenge stereotypes, build communities and create meaningful experiences for consumers. We'll also talk about the future of gaming and how brands can tap into this growing market. So without further ado, let's welcome Claire to the show. Hi Claire, uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, Mike, happy to be here. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be going to be a fun one. I've been looking forward to talking to you, uh, especially since I saw you at Think LA. I thought that was a really good talk. <laughs> yeah, good. I know. Glad you glad you enjoyed it. You never know who sees these things that you yeah. speak at and these different things that you do. And it's always really nice when um, you hear from folks afterwards. Um, you know, it's yeah, it's always really nice. It was it was great. I found it really interesting, and I'm sure we'll reference one of the speakers later on because I found it yeah. quite interesting. Anyway, like, look, we we love to start these things uh, by getting personal to begin with. So great. it would be really <laughs> great to hear to hear your whole life story, please, in two minutes. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, I was born in no, um, yeah. Okay, I guess you know I can tell you a little bit about you know myself and my kind of my story, which is that um, you know on a. a professional level, um, I actually have a background in journalism. So I studied journalism at, at college and like every good journalism student, I pretty quickly made that leap over uh, into PR and communications after a few years, um, kind of the dark side as, as we call it. And uh, really have spent the majority of my career kind of working for different media companies and different um, entertainment and news organizations, uh, really, you know, helping them to tell their stories so those through community communications, PR, or marketing, or, or what have you. And that's kind of how I ended up where I am now, which is at Activision Blizzard, which is big gaming publisher. Um, I look after uh, industry marketing and communications for our in-game ads business. So what that means at its most simple level is uh, we put ads within our, uh, you know, some of our games, such as Candy Crush and Call of Duty. Um, and so my job is really helping to tell that story. And so I often joke that part of my role is helping to educate the gaming industry on advertising at the same time it's also helping to uh, educate you know the gaming industry a little bit on the advertising space as well so um really you know fun exciting you know job and space to be in all right sounds brilliant and uh and yeah a great space to be in so just on that though so what how it's interesting i suppose especially for people like you and I, who have been in this world for quite some time, yeah. it still surprises me that there's there's an education process to be it's, done. It's like yeah. you know, gaming is, yeah. God, I remember a long time ago talking about breaking down the 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 misinter misunderstanding of like gaming's just for kids in their bedrooms and, and stuff we, like that. Yeah, we have this this line, which is the like teenage boy in the basement with the headset. Yeah. Um, that you know we still use right and like I would love for us to not have to use that line to help people understand the stereotype that exists around gaming audiences but that's an image that really has stuck um, for whatever different reason and it continues to come up but like we use that line a lot in the context of like that's actually not who the gaming 
audience is. You know, the yeah. gaming audience is much more diverse. It's women, it's, you know, men, it's it's different age groups, there's different types of games. And so, um, yeah, that that's still, for whatever reason, that that visual image, Teenage Boys Basement, has, has really, really stuck. And so part of what we try and do is unstick it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, we even spoke about the fact that you were telling me you get some surprised responses when you yeah. tell people what industry you work in. I do. Yeah, I do. And, and you know, I, you know, I can see that people, the, the next question people always ask me when they, you know, I tell them where I work and what industry I work in is, well, are you a gamer? And, you know, I see this look of skepticism on that, that face while they're waiting for my response. And, you know, my response is yes. But then I caveat that by <clears throat> explaining that being a gamer doesn't mean that you're you know, based on playing Call of Duty at 3 a.m. in the morning, being a gamer can be playing Candy Crush. It can, you know, it can be all types of different things. And for me, like my relationship with gaming has been a constant throughout my life, but in different ways. And it's, you know, kind of come to the forefront at different points within my life and in different spaces. But I, I definitely see that. I actually was uh, at a, a dinner the other week having a conversation with an old colleague of mine where uh, we were having a robust discussion about what makes up a gamer and i mean he was very steadfast in his viewpoint that nope a gamer is that like you know the stereotype we've been talking about you know who's playing call of duty or what have you and that he was you know his perspective was someone that plays candy crush is not a gamer um which of course opened up a broader conversation about identity and and you know a lot of people play video games but they maybe don't identify with them, you know, as a gamer because of that stereotype. But, um, you know, for, for myself, I, I absolutely do. But, um, you know, and, and think that the audience is much more diverse than, than it's kind of been given credit for over the years. Well, this is, yeah, and, and like I said, it, it baffles me that I'm, yeah, you're, you're responding like that because I suppose because I've been, I've been in this world of, of being educated myself for such a yeah. long And I suppose also now, I, you know, I've got, Two, uh, you two. I got yeah. twins, a boy and a girl, eleven years old, and just as a parent, really understanding the dynamics of kind of gaming now is is a is an interesting one. Even even between how my wife and I approach it, which, which yeah. kind of get, leads me very nicely into the next. Because in your experience, kind of what does mm. set you know, the you know, the world of gaming apart from kind of other forms of entertainment, you know, in in respect to like approaching, you know, audiences, engaging yeah. with them. And this, yeah, you know, yeah, the, yeah. the current buzz is obviously building communities instead of audiences. So, um, which is why I was really keen to have this kind of conversation with you. Yeah. I'd say gaming kind of invented that really in my mind, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, we, we talk a lot about gaming's superpower being it's like interactivity and the engagement that you get when you're gaming. You think about the experience of gaming versus like, watching a movie or, or scrolling on your phone and like you're so engaged in the in the experience you know if you, it's that it's like if you look away or you do something else you're gonna lose a life or you're gonna miss something so you have to yeah. be really immersed in it and that's so unique to gaming compared to other types of media where like you know we all know about like you know distracted tv viewers and binge watching you've got it on the background or scrolling through social media or what have you and so, you know, for brands thinking about like the gaming space, you're, you're reaching an audience that is super engaged and really kind of captured within that. And I think the other thing that that level of engagement does is it creates like to your point about like the communities in this sense of fandom. 
And, you know, you look at some of the titles over the years and the longevity of some of the game titles that exist, and people are really, really passionate about them. And they're, yeah. they're passionate about them because they're, they're, you know, playing these games and getting so much emotional kind of like connection from the gameplay itself. And that can be, you know, solo play, that can be multiplayer as well, because there's a whole like social connection element that comes with, you know, multiplayer where you can connect with friends and family. And, and, you know, that's a kind of whole other kind of area. But one of the interesting things that we see is like, yes, there's the connection piece in the game, absolutely, from the community standpoint, but that connection continues off off platform. So you look at some of the spaces like, you know, Twitch and Reddit and Discord and those types of things. And folks are continuing to talk about gaming and connect about gaming outside of the game play experience itself, as well as being able to do it within like a Call of Duty where you can, you know, talk to your friends and strategize and, and that type of thing. And I think that is something that's really unique to gaming compared to other types of, of media. Yeah. And it, uh, that, that kind of hits a really nice touch point for me because one of the things we're <laughs> going to come out of all the buzzwords now, but yeah. this whole, we're big champions of trying to get brands to understand the importance of, you know, we've just written a couple of uh, thought leadership pieces about mm. the need to move from audiences to communities because it gives you that yeah. experience. But also you've just hit on something really interesting in the fact that it's also about kind of rather than just developing media plans, actually yeah. think about, we're, we're kind of using this word uh, media ecosystems. Mm. And actually, that's that's kind of what you're saying, isn't it? Is you've got these wonderful kind of gaming communities, but then around that, rather yeah. than just, I suppose, the traditional form of media and marketing, yeah. Yeah. you can then go into YouTube to learn about the gamings, uh, yeah, learn about the games and things like that. And so... Yeah, it, it's this incredible ecosystem that's built around that community that they're all using, isn't it? That, yeah. And I think, like, you know, gaming, you know, and like any type of, you know, when you're thinking about using it as like a media channel, like it shouldn't exist in a silo. You know, yeah. it shouldn't yeah. just be like, oh, we're going to do gaming, you know, so that we've said we've done gaming, we're going to put some ads in a game and then, you know, kind of step away and see what happens. And like, you know, there's so many opportunities to reach the audience, yes, within the game itself, but outside of that. And the more that you think holistically about kind of the opportunity space and how you want to be reaching that audience and the message that you want to get across, you know, by default, it's going to be a much more effective way to think about things rather than just kind of being like, I'm going to pick this one channel over here because even gaming itself in terms of like a platform, there's so many different ways you can interact on it. Mm. And one of the things that we see is, you know, some people, when they think of gaming, they think of just like the big, like, you know, big virtual world activations, you know, like, you know, Roblox, Fortnite, those types of things, you know, live yeah. concerts, like really big, you know. And so a lot of brands, they think gaming, they think that, and then they're kind of like, oh no, that's that's too much. You know, we can't, that's, that's too much commitment. And then they kind of like shift away from it. But there's so many other ways 
for brands to activate in the gaming space. And, you know, mobile is one that does often get forgotten about in terms of the conversation when it comes to gaming, you know? And, and you know, it's a much easier entry point, I think, for, for brands looking to kind of like, you know, dip that toe in or start to understand it than having to go all in with, you know, the big like virtual concert type of thing. But the important piece is that the different ways that you can activate within the different types of games, the different titles, the different genres, you know, it all depends on what, you as a brand are trying to achieve in the audience that you're trying to reach. And that's what you really need to be trying to do. It's not about just doing gaming. It's about actually like understanding like, what are we trying to achieve? Who are we trying to reach? And which of all the different ways that you can activate in gaming is going to be the most effective platform to do so. Okay, that's, that's great. So just, you know, we said we'll, we'll find a chance to talk about some case studies, but yeah. give me, I think this is the perfect moment because Help me understand, like you said, the everybody right now, I would say, got for the last year have those yeah. massive activations. Yeah. You know, it started with started with Travis Scott, didn't it, during the yeah. pandemic? And then it's yeah. just, you know, who can do the next one? Who can do the awards mm -hmm. in in roadblocks and you know, but all these big names have been banded around. But yeah. and, and like you said, it's almost like, you know, which I know it hasn't, but but mobile. You know, has, so give us an example of, of exactly that, because, yeah, I think that's probably one of the challenges for brands to kind of understand is when they're yeah. building out their marketing campaign, where does a, so I hope you've, uh, it's okay, where does a normal gaming activation fit yeah. in from the big, because those big tentpole things are usually PR initiatives to get them exactly in. that that it's buzz it's hype you know like there's yeah. a different outcome that you're gonna get from those bigger activations than yeah. say and it's all it's like almost like a game. competitive race isn't it who can do yeah. the who can do the next big thing that's going to get into the media headlines but but where you're saying actually there's there's a there's yeah you can go deeper and more cost effective yeah. with things like mobile so kind of talk us through that and and help us understand that yeah the opportunity space even within mobile itself and the different ways that you can activate is is huge too and you know I will, i'll talk through a, a specific example um of a, a partnership we have with uh, so candy crush is a activision blizzard um yep. title it's a super popular mobile games had its 10th anniversary last year which for a mobile title is huge. Like, again, I talked, I touched a little bit earlier about the longevity. Um, yeah. When people really love a game, you know, it, it, it has some of that, that staying power. So we partnered with um, Prada Candy, which is a, a fragrance, and actually created a mini game activation that sat within the Candy Crush experience. So you, you completed a Candy Crush level, um, and once you, you know, finished a level or ran out of lives or what have you, um, you would have the option to play this Prada Candy mini game experience. Now, everything that we do is opt-in, so we don't, there's not a, no pop-up ads, it's not forcing the user. Um, everything we do is opt-in. That's really kind of important for us just as a philosophy that everything we do is player first. Um, but we created this really cool uh, mini game experience. It was like a memory game and it had um, the Prada candy uh, fragrance bottles in like the Candy Crush style. And so it was actually mixed in within like the Candy Crush IP. And, you know, folks kind of like match the, you know, little memory style game. Um, and what they unlock at the end is the opportunity to get a sample of the Prada Candy fragrance. Now, we launched this campaign just, you know, November last year, kind of like pre-holidays, you know, to, to drive, you know, some, 
some awareness for the Prada candy ahead of the, the shopping season. Um, and within 24 hours, this was the only activation that the Prada candy team did. So there was no other kind of paid media or anything else that was going on. Within 24 hours, we had uh, sold out, so to speak, of 40,000 uh, samples for the wow. fragrance within 24 oh. hours. So it, wow. this was a weeks long campaign, you know, 40,000 yeah. said, okay, hopefully we'll get through that over weeks uh, within a 24 hour period. And the website spike, um, I think was like 1800% or something like huge, huge, huge numbers. And, you know, there's a number of different reasons that that was so effective. And one is, you know, the incorporation of the IP, the, the, Prandy, the Prada Candy bottle with the Candy Crush IP makes this really like, authentic, fun, and engaging experience for the player. It's not, yeah. you know, kind of like this pop-up disruptive thing that getting to kind of like have the fun of the game, have the fun of the gameplay experience continue and that yeah. getting rewarded for that time in terms of the, the um, you know, fragrance sample as well. So, um, you know, that's an a example of, you know, how you can really incorporate a brand with, into a mobile title you know, using some of the IP and using some of the gameplay mechanics and all the good stuff about the game itself to make it interactive, um, you know, rather than just kind of having a video ad or, or what have you. This, that's really, that's cool. Cause uh, it, it, the, the thing that really makes me think about is, you know, we, we've, uh, uh, you know, I've always been in the world of brand experience, but yeah. I, I started literally, you know, in real life experiences and, and it often, um, I, I had this uh, amazing experience once where we were working with The Guardian and um, actually mm. activating at Glastonbury Music Festival. And um, and they came to us with this really unusual brief because, and this is 2007. Okay, and yeah. they had hooked up with Intel and they were going to do a music festival in Second Life, you know, the virtual Yes, work. yes. <laughs> and... Uh, it was weird because uh, I'll, I'll quickly, but basically in the end, uh, uh, they'd, they'd worked with this incredible um, digital agency and they built this mm. amazing virtual festival, but they, they'd they almost left till the end, the programming. Yeah. And, yeah. Us and said, can you program it and stuff like that? Anyway, cut a long story short, we programmed the whole <laughs> music festival. We got like the Pet Shop Boys to headline it. Amazing. Um, we went live. But my point is, I was in an office watching the launch of this virtual festival in 2007, yeah. not, not recently, and my booker phoned me and he goes, Mike, are you, are you at the festival? And mm. I was like, well, I'm watching it. And he said, oh, look at the main stage, yeah. uh, stage left. And there was this little avatar waving at me. And, oh, that's so cool. And I was, but my point is, it was at that point in 2007 that I realized that a brand experience isn't just about, a, it doesn't have to be just yeah. a physical event anymore. And, yeah. and, and that description you just gave me is, it's exactly like, you know, how brands used to go to music festivals, especially yeah. product product sampling yeah uh, yeah out and stuff like that but mm -hmm. what you're, you've basically done there is managed to get a relevant product you know into a, an arena of their target audience yep. and then have managed to through that digital interaction be able to give away physical samples as well mm -hmm. and bring it together and i just i just think that's a really nice summary of how the world has evolved Thanks Completely. to technology and innovation, isn't it? It's uh, 
uh, it's it's really interesting. And like you said, this because I've always this whole thing about when when is it right for a brand to introduce gamification into their marketing plan? Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think that's kind of a really good uh, a really good summary of it. So you talked about well, actually, I'm going to take a step back here because before I get back into the IP, which you mentioned there, yeah. Um, the other great thing about gaming, uh, and we talked about this a lot when when we when we mm. met. And actually, I think the event we referenced, Think Think LA, was very much about the how the gaming and film industry yeah. is crossing over a lot. But gaming's got this proven ability to be a real powerful medium for kind of storytelling and engagement. Mm -hmm. And um, what what kind of just dive into that a bit. What, why, why are games kind of so good at being able to deliver that story? Well, I think this is something like gaming storytelling element is something that is people are only really just starting to like give it the credit, so to speak, right? right. Like, yeah. you know, gaming has always been this really powerful storytelling tool because part of it is this like immersion that we talked about. And whether it's in a mobile game or it's a, you know, a, a Call of Duty or a more, you know, immersive world, but like to really capture folks, there needs to be a story and there needs to be a hook and kind of like a reason for why people are doing the actions that they're doing within the game to give them that sense yeah. of achievement and accomplishment and really, you know, go on that kind of journey. And even like a game like Candy Crush, which is, you know, a mobile match three game, the team that creates that game, like there's a whole team that works on the narrative development and the storytelling development. And this is, you know, which people wouldn't traditionally think, oh, it's just a, you know, it's just a, just a mobile game. But like, yeah. there's so much thought and care that goes into like the storytelling arc of like the characters and how the levels, you know, kind of tell this story. And, you know, like I say, I think, I think now we're seeing, you know, Hollywood especially starting to, to take notice a little bit more. And I think we've, we've seen in the past some of the like, video game to movie adaptions there have been some good ones some less good ones uh no yeah, I'm not gonna... let's be honest there's a, there were a lot of bad ones to begin with weren't there? <laughs> i mean street, Fight, street fighter is an absolute classic um you know for, for maybe all the wrong reasons but i think where where a lot of those you know kind of fell short so to speak was they weren't fully respecting the story of the game they were taking the game IP and the characters and kind of transplanting them and then creating a different story yeah. rather than, than recognizing that gaming itself has a story to tell. And, you know, I think we're starting to see now movie studios do that much more successfully, you know, with like the Super Mario Brothers movie as a like classic example and how well that has done. And part of that was by staying true to kind of the roots of the game and some of the elements of the game. And so um, I think it's great that we're starting to see more of this attention now on the storytelling aspect of gaming something that i think traditionally people have thought of is more from like the technological side of things and it's just like okay kind of that kind of happens over there but it's it's this much more involved form of entertainment in its own right oh well and i thought i think also you just referenced like the how the films used to be and also yeah. how the games used to be and the fact that I think the great thing now is the technology is so advanced that we yeah. don't necessarily need to talk about the technology so much. It allows that storytelling, storytelling to shine through. And this this is a great time to uh, – this is an old story that I've, I've got to stop quoting, but my son yeah. um, mm -hmm. is – he's brilliant. He's 11 years old. He's obviously fully into video games. Yeah. I, I am excited by his passion for it because I'm yeah. – 
My my wife is nervous, like a lot of parents. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. we manage it. But it's so funny. We do. We like to do family movies, and I dragged him in. And I was like, "Come on, yo, we're going to watch a family movie." And he came in, and he was only, I think, eight at the time. Mm. But Dad, I don't get it. He's like, you know, you're telling me off. Uh, you know, I'm in my bedroom. I'm playing. Yeah. With all, I'm playing with all of my friends. Yeah. We are building architectural structures in Minecraft. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I'm learning and I'm so sh And this is a seven-year-old talking yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah. You want me to come and sit on the sofa and stare at a screen. Stare at a screen, yeah. And, and I, like, I, I've referenced that now for, what, three years because you just yeah. can't argue with it. Is that's yeah. the, and I suppose that's the bit that you're getting to is we, we talk a lot about smashing stereotypes within the gaming mm -hmm. world. But it's yeah. also like people need to start getting into the depth of the power of gaming. <laughs> yeah, and I think we saw kind of even that a lot during like some of the peak of the pandemic and during lockdowns where, you know, okay, everyone was looking for entertainment sources and ways to connect virtually and, and you know, gaming provide both of those things. But the other thing that we saw was, you know, folks, you can only what binge watch TV, you know, and TV shows and movies for so long and yeah. so, like that's a much more passive experience and when yeah. you're you know kind of restricted in terms of what you can do gaming is much more engaging it gives you a sense yeah. of achievement and purpose you can you know depending on the game like customize outfits and you know you can do all kinds of different things within that like to the example you referenced you're kind of building worlds and there's a creation element there's a you know imagination and thought process it's just so much more engaging on so many different levels yeah. and i think you know, so many, I think younger generations definitely recognize that. And folks who yeah. have maybe grown up playing games, um, and I would say that I'm probably from that generation, the geriatric millennials, I can can call them that because I am one. Um, but, you know, it's probably kind of like the, you know, the first or one of the first generations to really grow up playing games. And so now, you know, as as these generations have kids, they're introducing their kids to it. And we're, we're only seeing gameplay increase you know as as you know kind of younger audiences come through because they're they're seeing all those elements that we talked about yeah god you just sorry you just threw my mind there because you said gen, uh, geriatric uh millennials, millennials it's like, yeah. i'm a i'm a generation x so what do i yeah. do <laughs> yeah. i'm i'm passed away generation generation yeah. x oh um, don't worry i'm you know my generation well we've, we lost our relevancy a long time ago so <laughs> Oh no, gosh. Uh, we're all, past, a whole we're all past it, you know? We, we can do a whole different podcast on yeah. that subject. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's so then let, let's. The, uh, so, we talked about kind of the, the desperate need to just move away from the stereotyping yeah. and, and the power these, these games have as storytelling. Let's get back to the IP because. But there's there's so much crossover now, isn't there? We're yeah. we're talking about the share, you know, the um, you know, the the kind of the use of gaming IPs across films, across the entertainment sector. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, can you explain kind of the significance of that IP and and what value that kind of delivers for brands? That yeah, well, there's this term that we've been using in here a lot more recently. This idea of transmedia which is, you know, and this taps into this idea of, of, you know, the gaming IP. You've got IP and stories and the things that people connect with. And now it's no longer about, okay, well, the only place to, you know, for brands, 
either or for audiences to connect with that is in one space, whether it's a game, you know, in the case of Super Mario Brothers, whether it's a movie or what have you. And now we're seeing kind of this kind of nice blurring of the lines where that kind of creative and IP can exist across multiple different platforms and channels. And so for brands, if they want to be associated with it or be reaching the audience, that's highly engaged with it. The, it's no longer just about kind of going down one path. And I talked earlier about having a holistic viewpoint and not, you know, kind of treating gaming as a silo. And as we see the kind of like transmedia kind of trend take form, there's opportunities for brands to have that holistic thinking and how they show up. So, okay, yes, you might be, you know, appearing in a certain game, but when there's a movie or there's other forms of entertainment attached to it, there's opportunities to really kind of grow the campaign and grow the messaging and look for, okay, where is going to be the right fit to do so? So I think it's, it's a really good thing because we're, we're starting to see, I think some of this, blurring is actually really positive and I also think that it's uh, helping to kind of bring more prominence and understanding and awareness to gaming and gaming audiences as well. Yeah and how, how what's the interaction then between kind of Activision and brands are you finding because the traditional format used to be you know the, the media agencies would do the media planning and recommend the channels are yeah. you is that still the case or are you finding you're working more directly with brands yeah how's how's that how are those relationships developed and formed yeah we work with both um but you know i would say that a lot of the really successful integrations and partnerships that we do are when there's that collaboration element and to use right. the product handy example that i gave earlier um you know we were working hand in hand with l'oreal as the, the parent company of of product handy like we were working hand in hand with them working with our game studios internally like you've got all these different kind of folks collaborating and that's how it really comes to life to create you know such a you know, successful activation. So we absolutely still work with the media agencies and that type of thing. But the more we can really work with the brands and partner with them um, and have that collaboration aspect, that's usually when we see, um, you know, really exciting campaigns come to life. That's, yeah, I think that's the key point. That's the key takeaway here, isn't it? And actually, that's some of the things that you were talking about in your, uh, when you were hosting your panel at Think mm. LA was, the fact that, so basically, you know, if a brand wants to go down this road, just like any sort of, I've tried to avoid the word sponsorship because those yeah. days in my mind have gone because it has to be a partnership. You, yeah. you know your audience and whether that is, you know, working directly into uh, a game or then, you know, potentially partnering up with a gamer or, or you yeah. know, a content creator and allowing you guys to kind of share your knowledge of yeah. how your audiences operate, isn't it? It's yeah. let us, you know, if we can show you that we have access to the audience that you want to reach, then come in early and, and help us create that story together, basically, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and we, you know, we really try and, like, guide our partners that we work with, you know, because, as I say, like, some brands have different le levels of, um, mind the pun, uh, but understanding in terms of, you know, how much they know about gaming and, and, you know, some of the hesitancy comes because they just, they don't ha know as much about it. And, and brands don't want to interact in gaming in the wrong way. You know, I think that's something that, that a lot of them are fearful of, um, you know, is they want to make sure they do it right. And so for us, it's really about, let us kind of help you do that. 
You know, we mm. know our audiences, we know the space, we know our games, we know what works. So let us kind of like be a good partner for you and help you bring your creative to life or your campaign to life in a, in a way that's going to work best for the environment. And I think that's key, whether it's working with, you know, gaming publishers like, um, you know, Activision Blizzard or even, you know, on the influencer side, it's, it's a similar thing. And um, I think LA, this was something that that conversation we had, it really came up about, you know, kind of like trust the influencers and the content creators that you're working with, you know, yeah. that there's no point kind of working with a content creator and then kind of saying, but we want it to be this style of content. Yeah. The yeah. value that you're getting is the understanding they have of that audience of what works, you know, how to create the most engaging content. Like that's the, the value that you're getting. So trusting that expertise and there, there is an element of trust and that's why I kind of, you know, you talk about partnership and that having that good relationship is really critical, but that's going to be much more impactful than just, you know, kind of working with an influencer or, or, a, or a game and just kind of being like, okay, take, this and kind of you know throw it in there um that, well, that's, that, that, that's what's hit sorry i didn't interrupt uh, but that the, that was really important bit that you hit on then because it's that's what's been in the media a lot right now about yeah. you know the, the the kind of pay for influence uh, and and i think this this carries through through any sort of you know any any brand that is looking for new channels yeah. and new partner. and it's that word partner isn't it so mm -hmm. it's not just about kind of a money exchange it's about finding those partners that really because you know activision have to have to be as excited about the brand they're getting involved with yeah. as much as the brand getting involved with 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 activision as well so exactly, you know, exactly. It, it's it's almost like you know it, it's important to do that kind of chemistry session yeah. and make sure that that's there and that's what your teams have been put in there to do isn't it is yeah build those relationships and help the the two-way conversation exactly and like one of the things for us is like i often say like we are a gaming company first and advertising platform second and you know what i mean by that is that like everything we do is really about the player and the player experience we are never going to do a brand you know, partnership or brand integration within any of our titles that takes away from the player experience. Because like I say, we are a game company first and that is what we do. We're known for making really great game experiences. So yeah. we don't wanna do anything that will, you know, disrupt that for the player. And so we try to think of how can we have brands be within our titles in a way that's going to be not just non-disruptive to the player, but actually additive to the player experience. And so that can be something like, you know, again, I'm using that the Prada Candy example, um, you know, where, you know, folks get something for that time at the end of it. They, you know, get access to the sample or sometimes if they get an in-game reward. They're also having a really engaging gameplay experience. Like the gameplay experience is continuing. Um, and then you look at things like, you know, kind of the in-game build boards. That is another really common example of, I think, in-game advertising. And, you know, there's a way that they can add value to the gameplay experience as well. You think about if you're, you know, walking down the street and you see a billboard that has an advertisement on it. Um, if you're in a game and there's a billboard and there's no advertisement on it, it's kind of disruptive. Um, yeah. Because it's kind of like, that doesn't feel right. That's not how these look in the real world. You know, in the no. real world, they have ads on them. Um, yeah. So actually, again, but again, like to your point, it's about finding the right partner and the right 
you know, brand to be on those billboards within the game because, again, otherwise it's, you know, that feels not right. Um, but, again, that actually adds to that feeling of immersion within the game and, and helping to not kind of break that. So, again, we try to think of, like, how can the brand experiences that we do within our titles be additive rather than taking anything away from the experience? Yeah. Oh, this is great. This is uh, – it, it just – it plays to kind of exactly you know th this whole thing that at the end of the day, it's you are creating brand experiences, and just yeah. like you quoted there, is it's like the gamers anything that can add to that experience and make yeah. it better or or make it even more real is is yeah. go they're going to appreciate that and and engage with it. So it, it's it's funny, isn't it? Because that that's the I think that's the bit that I've always kind of it's always surprised me because in my mm. mind coming like i said coming from that back brand experience background it's always surprised me that you know brand experience isn't at the beginning you know sometimes in those yeah forms, you know and that yeah. that's why you know it's almost like kind of media planning well i've got to be careful not to upset the media agencies but it's almost <laughs> you know that can be so misunderstood because yes of course you need a media plan but yeah it, it's not just about going out and booking that space or doing it. It's about you. And that, that makes it even more, I'm going to say, exciting as well as challenging for, for the yeah. brands, the agencies, and the marketing departments. Because you've just, like I said, going across, uh, I can't remember the, the phrase you used, but the, all those different channels yeah. design each individual one to be the right experience based on that type of channel or platform that you're going into, aren't you? Exactly. The whole, like, the message to the, matching the message to the medium, you know, and yeah, to the yeah. audience, you know, like, that that applies to gaming. And, you know, for us even, like, again, like, I always tell people, like, our studios as well won't let us put a bad experience into the game. And, like, yeah. that, that standard, let me tell you, is very high, and like, as it should be. That's yeah. how they've created titles that, with longevity, like Candy Crush, which is 10 years, like the level of care and craft that goes into that, that title. And I've seen it firsthand, like from the music to the graphics, to the like building the levels, the story I mentioned a little bit earlier, like there was so much kind of precision and thought that goes into creating, you know, Candy Crush. And so the studio teams have a very high bar for themselves, but also for us. And so, they're not going to be okay with us wanting to put an experience within the game that isn't good for the players, you know, that isn't at that same standard, that isn't additive. And that's a really positive thing for brands because all these things, like by having the, this player-centric mindset, like, yes, that's good for the player, absolutely, but that also is good for the brands because the campaign and the activation is going to be so much more impactful um, because they're, they're, you know, getting something good from the experience. That's great. So my my kind of takeout, see, I, I, we, uh, we're running out of time, unfortunately, but yeah. but it's been really good because it's, it's the ongoing challenge of breaking down that 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 not people need to understand that there are yeah. so many different demographics and you know breaking those stereotypes within gaming yeah. the fact that the you know the power of the gaming ip out there is incredibly yeah. strong and and you can kind of model that to your needs isn't it um, and then the importance of that kind of storytelling and brand experience is what's is what's key to kind of getting the process right. So the just to kind of wrap things up then is like what well kind of I'm, I'm gonna 
what's your view i've got an opinion on you know i think that yeah, yeah. we touched upon it earlier you know the, yeah. the exciting future is just this relationship between gaming and hollywood you know it's blowing yeah. up massively but what you know we don't have crystal balls but what do you think's kind of the exciting stuff that's coming up in the world of gaming uh yeah. for the rest of the year what's what's getting you excited i'm excited about you know, I think there's so much opportunity space here, like so much. And I feel like we've all, we're only just starting to tap the surface, both for us as a publisher, but also for brands. Like, I feel like, you know, while, you know, the industry has come a long way, like there's so much you can do in terms of the gaming space. And I think I'm really excited about, you know, seeing more creativity and more opportunities of ways to do really interesting activations that are going to be really effective. Um, I think gaming itself is maturing kind of really nicely. Um, and we're seeing that like with that, that shift to kind of the recognition from Hollywood and the, the gaming IP. And I think we're only going to see more of that, you know, judging off some of the success that we've seen this year. So I think that's what I'm really excited about. And I, I, I can see and feel that there's so much more to come there. And so I'm excited to see how the whole industry continues to evolve and kind of, um, you know, mature from here. Yeah, no, exciting stuff, exciting stuff. Well, um, I'm pleased to say we are perfectly within time, which is Amazing. fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, we didn't rehearse this at all. Yeah, uh, but, um, <laughs> there's no uh, countdown timer here, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, but it's been really good talking to you. Like, I, I think it's, like you said, it, it's, it's incredible just how so much more there is to do between kind of brands and, and the gaming industry. And, and yeah. it's kind of incredible to even put it into the context that it's almost only just started. Um, yeah. But for me, I think that's, that's why I've always been a real fan because if, if there's ever a, an industry that has just nailed community engagement, it's yeah. the gaming sector. Um, and, and that's what's really exciting. And it's just for, so much time as well you know obviously yeah. from a parent point of view we're we're trying to we're trying to manage that time but i look at again i'll just finish yeah with my son you know i i don't even know what well, i should know um what game he's <laughs> playing but he came out after you know after doing something and was just so happy that he yeah. achieved, like he just got an a in a maths test or something he and, and it just yeah. showed that level of kind of satisfaction and engagement but also he learned something as well which, yeah uh, it's, it's that sense of achievement let me tell you yeah. when i've been trying to get a really hard level and i finally get it or you unlock something or it's like you you know it's like you feel such a such a sense of achievement and um yeah exactly. it's, it's a great feeling yeah far more than okay i finished watching a two-hour movie yeah, um, exactly. Not that I'm bagging off the, the Hollywood at all. No, but, uh, it's like different, you know, it's like different purposes. A different experience. Uh, different types but, of entertainment, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but I don't high-five myself after after watching a two-hour movie. Yeah. <laughs> son was high-fiving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Claire, it's been fantastic. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, really kind of you to spare the time. That's all for this episode of Lively Fresh Takes. Thanks for listening. If you are listening to this podcast on a podcast channel, then be sure to register for Lively Fresh Takes to get access to all our content, including exclusive interviews, articles, and events. You can also find us on social media at Lively Fresh Takes. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time.